Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. I don't know what it is about playing teams from Northern California, but when the Suns do, it's an exciting basketball game. We experienced that just the other night when the Phoenix Suns played the Golden State Warriors, lost by a point. An unfortunate loss, but an entertaining basketball game. Well, tonight, the Phoenix Suns back at home against the Sacramento Kings, a team that they are fighting with in the standings. And knowing that this team has beat us already twice this season, we've beat them once, and we have two more games left. If you want to have some semblance of supremacy over your Pacific Division rival, if you want to own a tiebreaker, the Suns had to win tonight. Down 11 points in the third quarter, the Suns turned it on. And in an entertaining basketball game, they end up winning by five, scoring 130 points without Bradley Beal. Bradley Beal, five minutes into the game, five points into the game, looking good, pulls his hamstring out for the game, most likely out for the game tomorrow, and will be out considering the all-star break is after tomorrow's game. We probably won't see Bradley Beal until we come back. So even without Bradley Beal, the Phoenix Suns, Matthew, go on a scoring barrage and put away the Kings in a in a very entertaining game, man. Yeah, it was very entertaining. I think uh, we all expected it, and it went a little bit better this time. Uh, well, it was still high anxiety, even though it was closer to the whole game, neck to neck. Um, guys, I mean, just teams going on spurts, runs here or there. You felt confident sometimes, and all of a sudden you're like, wait, we're going to lose this game. And then all of a sudden you're like, oh, we got this game. Oh, no, we're going to lose. But it is the Kings, and they are still like a team that's kind of learning. They're still one player away. So they will make those one or two fuck-ups that really kills them in the end. So they did that tonight and helped the subs out, I feel like. Yeah, a complete game of runs, and I I echo exactly what you said. The Suns would go on a 10-0 run, and you're like, dude, this team's unbeatable. There's yeah. no one who could stop us. We'd give up a 12-0 run, and we're like, we'll never score a point again. I don't even know why they play. <laughs> Just one of those purely schizophrenic games that as a fan, you as a Suns fan, you're frustrated in watching the highs and the lows, but as a basketball fan, overall, it's just a great basketball game. When the final score is 130 to 125, you saw plenty of scoring in this game, elite level scoring. And as I mentioned before, the Suns had to adjust on the fly. Part of their game plan is assuredly having Bradley Beal play at least 30 something minutes. And he goes out with five minutes into the game. The Suns had to adjust accordingly on the fly and kudos to Frank Vogel for doing so. So we got plenty to talk about on this edition of the Suns Jam Session Podcast. Shout out to everybody who's watching along live. Biscuits in the Bear, $5 in the Super Chat says one more to go. Team going to be a monster after the break. Thank you for the donation. Thank you for supporting the podcast and the channel. And, and everybody who's joined us, the best way to do it, just hit that thumbs up button. Let people know where you watch your Phoenix Suns content. If it happens to be on YouTube, if you listen to the podcast, go ahead and give us a, give us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Or if you're on Spotify, just, just rate us five stars. They don't give you the option to review. We don't get to read your beautiful words that you have to describe about us. If you write beautiful words, 
we'll read it right here on the podcast. So plenty to talk about. We've got a new member of the Phoenix Suns that was acquired today. A herky-jerky crazy game. So we're going to get right into this. Pop them if you got them, Suns fans. That sounds so crisp, so nice, so clean. Just like this victory. Suns win 130 to 125 over the Kings in a very, very important game. I know that when you're talking about game 54 of the season, you're not talking about one that is uber important, but tonight it was. The Suns entered this game, the sixth seed in the West, a half game behind the New Orleans Pelicans. The Kings and the Dallas Mavericks were both a half game behind the Suns. So a win tonight means the Suns move up into fifth in the standings. A loss would have dropped them to eighth. And it might not seem like a lot, but that's a that, that's a, a, a big jump in the standings right before the All-Star break. And obviously the other side of this, as I mentioned before, if you want to have a tiebreaker at the end of the season, which given the way that the standings are currently operating, that this is an important game against the Kings because we still have to play them a fifth time because of the way that the play-in tournament worked out. So it brings me to my first question. Oi, Matty. Mate, I've got to ask. Matthew, I got to ask, is this the most important game 54 in Phoenix Suns history? Oh, it was important to the Kings fans. It was a playoff game, but it's it's weird because I can't get on that level yet with the Kings team. I, no disrespect, but it is kind of a little bit of disrespect. I always kind of feel like this is a team that we should handle, but I have to take a step back and be like, you know what? The Kings have actually proved a lot within the last few seasons, and any if we don't take them seriously, it's okay. But I just, I don't know. It's not as important yet. I think that the Suns have played some competitive basketball within the last few games that are kind of playoff basketball. But, of course, we'll talk about Bradley Beal just missing him. That's like the thing where it's like, okay, this might have been a playoff like caliber kind of game, and I wanted to see it with Bradley Beal. And now it's like, well, now we need to adjust without him. You know what I mean? So I feel like every time we hit a moment in this season where it's like this is playoff basketball, this is a time where the Suns can prove themselves, there's like another little step back always it's like is there any consistency i don't know so honestly to answer your question dude every game's important probably moving on after the all-star game yeah and i think that you know this is important because it's the kings because this is a team that the suns have had a hard time with this season because it's the team that has unbelievably uh expert scoring ability i mean they're good They're great when it comes to scoring. So to see our defense, even though you give up 125, to see our defense step up in the manner that it did in the most important minutes of the game, it was important. Uh, As you mentioned, without Bradley Beal, you know, yeah, that's a step back, but this is a step forward because we won without him adjusting on the fly. That's what I want to see. I want to see Frank Vogel have that ability to go, you know what? Something negative has happened. I have to adjust. And... I'm, and in-game adjustments haven't necessarily been a forte of coaches of recent past years. You know, the guy we'll see tomorrow night and Monty Williams coming back to Phoenix. And to see him do that, I thought that was extremely important. As I mentioned before, given the state of the standings for the Suns, I thought that was important as well. I'd much rather go into the All-Star break as the fifth seed than the eighth seed, just from a mental hurdle standpoint. Because you take a look at the standings, and with this win, the Suns not only move up, 
uh, in the standings and, and get into that fifth seed spot. They're also only, you know, like three and a half games out of fourth and third. So, I mean, the, the Suns, if they can go on a run to end this season, if they can go, you know, I math it, right? So this is what, 54? So that means what? 28, 28 games left. If they can go like 20 and eight in their last 28 games, they could honestly find themselves in the third or fourth seed. And that's going to get you a home series at the, at the, uh, the first round of the playoffs. So every game, as you mentioned, Matthew, you're right. Every game is important right now. I feel like this one's extra special important because it's against the Pacific division rival and because uh, of the the state of the standings, it was the same thing with the Warriors. That was a big, uh, important game as well. And like you said, you know, after we lost that one, it kind of sucks because it was so close because had we won, we would have said it was a hugely important game, but because we lost, we're like, yeah, I guess it's not as important. Right. <laughs> yeah, it is. And uh, I think um, just finishing in top four is really important, man. Cause like, yes. you don't want a first round series against anybody. Cause right now top four is of course, Minnesota Timberwolves. The Thunder, maybe you want to face them in their first playoff series in a long yeah. time. The Clippers a lot of free throws in that series. So, yeah, you don't want to play any of those teams. You kind of want to be on the inside looking out, and that's what the Suns need to get. And I think they have a real, real chance of getting there. And even with Bill being out, they have their pieces, Thaddeus Young coming in here. Yes. I think they really are going to find their stride. Um, even with missing Bill, I think they have those pieces that can really fill the holes and make sure that, you know, Katie and Booker, to the top seven scores in the league, just have those pieces around them to help them win the games to get into that position in the playoffs in the top four seed. And we definitely saw that tonight. Uh, and before we go further, I do want to give a shout out to equipment manager, wow. fallen founder, Holy $20 uh, donated in the super chat. Uh, that's you. equipment fallen manager, fallen founder, one of the co-hosts of the sun's planet podcast. He says, I hit two parlays. Let's F spiders, which is makes sense. Yeah. It's, it's a perfect, uh, <laughs> segue i i i think too is it? i there, there 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 is no segue and she said you're not the only one but show the best bradley boom, boom. so i'll start off with something that's obviously unfortunate bradley beal injures his hamstring and it sucks because in my notes i had already written beal looking so smooth tonight because he hit a corner three and then the jumper that he actually hurt his hamstring on was a smooth looking jumper from the left side, probably about 15 feet out, nails it, nets it. Uh, and then they show the replay, and he kind of comes up grimacing. So as far as severity is concerned, although I'm not a doctor, I'm not going to say that. Like when Devin Booker hurts his hamstrings because he's doing a full-out sprint trying to stop a fast break, yeah. right? Jumps. And those are ones, yeah, and then jumps, and then just it, it's gone for two weeks. With Bradley mm -hmm. Beal, it didn't look nearly as serious, and it's most likely a precautionary uh, move by the, the Sun staff, at least at first glance. What do you see and what are your thoughts on Beal getting injured? Well, before you were like, Bradley Beal is playing smooth. I looked at that lineup just thrown up on the TNT um, screen, I guess I'll say, on my TV. <laughs> and I was like, oh, it's such a beautiful lineup with Thaddeus coming here. And, you know, they got the pieces now. I'm pumped. All right. So that's about the right time when a Suns player will go down, and especially Bradley Beal. But I think it is probably precautionary because he went out. He was sitting down. It's like, oh, fuck, man. He probably just want to play through it. But now he has a week off. But. Yes. If it is serious, and I don't know, it might be. If it is serious, I'm along the line of just let's just have him come off the bench. You know, 
there's not a whole lot of time to have them jail. I know they're a great lineup together. I know they are. They're fantastic. But I like to see, you know, what they had tonight with uh, Kevin Durant, Devin Booker, Grayson Allen, Eric Gordon, and Nurkic. Like, just start with that and just have that be your base. And then when Beal does come back, if it is for a longer amount of time, maybe a couple weeks, three weeks, have him come off the bench. It's not a big fucking deal, I don't think, because it's not like – I know he's an all-star making – he's not an all-star this year, but three-time all-star making a lot of money. It makes sense for him to start, but with what the Suns have and Kevin Durant and Booker, that's enough in your starting lineup. You don't need Book, you don't need Beal. I know it makes it even better, but those pieces around them, especially with Eric Gordon starting, who's a better starter, it just makes sense to do that this late in the season. But let's just hope he's back after the All Star break. I like the way you think, my friend. I knew you would like that. I like the way you think. Now I know how uh, the Jamsters react to it. And how anybody who reads, like I, I actually proposed that earlier this season, yes. writing an article for Brightside, and everybody in the in the comments were just like, "You're not paying a guy thirty seven million dollars to come off the bench." I'm like, dude, like it, it's not like he he can end the games, you know? It's yeah. just you're just yeah. not starting him, you know? You're you're easing him into it, you're easing his minutes. It's 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 good feathering, fit, you know? And everyone's like, "No, you're you're dumb, man." I was like, "Okay." Uh, <laughs> shit uh but but i agree that you know one it sucks for bradley beal i mean you take a look at it up to this point in the season he's missed 24 games he's missed it with a lower back injury uh you know he missed eight games came played three games with the back injury got him again missed an additional 12 games he missed games after rolling his foot uh on dante DiVincenzo's foot when attempting and, and making a three-pointer against the new york knicks he gets blasted in the nose by Miles Turner on an offensive foul. So he's been wearing a mask ever since, you know, mid-January. And now he has uh, a, a hamstring injury. So for everybody who likes to beat the drum that Bradley Beal is injury prone, they're correct. He, he, he can't stay healthy, unfortunately. Uh, I But I agree with you when you talk about Eric Gordon starting, and, and there's a reason for it. From Indiana University, number 23, Air. Gordon. So Eric Gordon had to pop in the game sooner than expected. Not not his normal rotation rotational minutes provided by Frank Vogel. Uh, like I said, five minutes from Bradley Beal, he's out. Boom, you get Gordon. You get twenty seven minutes of Gordon tonight. He's eight of seventeen from the field. He's four of nine from beyond the arc. He's got twenty three points, three rebounds, three assists, and a block. No turnovers to boot. And the thing that's unique about Gordon is I, I was thinking about this. He's an old dude, right? So he's one of those guys like he, he gets warmed up before the game, gets a good lather going, he's getting in the rhythm, and then he has to go sit for like the first quarter. And then he comes in, he's just not nearly as engaged. And we've seen this time and again. In the games this season in which he started, he's been productive. He's, he scores more, his shooting's better, and he's just – much more a part of the offense and contributing overall when he comes in off the bench it's not nearly the same production it's a lot more passiveness he's not exploding towards the basket and you know the numbers back it up as a starter he averages 16 points a game and as a reserve he's averaging i lost it where it where'd it go 9.1 9.1 and you might say well yeah, but as a starter, he's playing more minutes. He's only playing like six more minutes a game. His shooting percentage is as a starter, 52% from the field, 45.9 from beyond the arc. 
As a reserve, he's 38% from the field and only 31.2% from beyond the arc. So it's just a different level. And that's what we saw tonight. It was almost like he had to get the start because he had to come in earlier. So again, it's it's a good problem to have. It's a good conversation to have because it's a good problem to have. It's Brad, if Bradley Beal is hurt and you want to take your time on getting him back in, one, the Suns just did a good job fortifying the back end of their roster. Right, you have guys who are coming in. They're confident. They're not afraid to take the shot. They're not tr- constantly seeing, oh, how do I pass this back to Booker, or back to Kevin Durant? No, they'll confidently make the shot. We'll talk about Royce O'Neal shortly. And second, it just makes sense to allow Beal time to heal because you know you have somebody in Eric Gordon who, if he gets the nod starting, although you might be compromised some on defense, he can provide you that offense. I got to just kick this off for the second part of this Eric Gordon conversation. John Tran, the Lobbit. That's perfect. John Tran always hits. <laughs> yes. Perfect. And I mean, his nickname is the Hobbit, the Lobbit. <laughs> the Lobbit. it down on the alley oop tonight. That was crazy. Write that down. <laughs> 20 points in the first half. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. It's not as sexy having him in the lineup. Um, I'm not talking about just the way he is. It just, it just doesn't look good. It doesn't look good. It looks better with Grayson Allen in there. And you have Bradley Beal, obviously. But what we're talking about is, this is his game. You got to find those little things that these players bring out the best of them. And then this is Eric Corn's thing to start him. So it, it never really seemed like a real thing till now. I think just because of the injuries that keep piling on for Beal, but I think Gordon really has the opportunity here now. And it's just, it's about tomorrow night. And if, you know, Beal's not back after the all-star break, how he plays in too. If he continues like this, not this pace of 20 points in the first half, but just consistent shooting, just the, how much space he has with that lineup. I mean, he has a lot more confidence getting to the rim and tonight he did it over and over again. I hate him going to the rim. I hate it because every time it gets in the paint, it looks like he's never seen a basket that close ever. <laughs> it's just the weirdest thing, but he, he finished at the rim tonight. He has this extra confidence when he does start, he needs to be a starter. Um, and he's going to have to be anyways right now, but I love the fact that, um, he doesn't really, he scores three points in the second half. Yeah. But he's still in those, those death lineups, but those shots he's throwing up there still look good. Like even the ones he like, he had one at the end of the game in the fourth quarter where he didn't even have possession of the ball, really just chucked it up. And like, oh, still a good shot. It just, <laughs> it's confidence from him. That leads to me just believing in him even more. Cause when he goes off the bench, like I don't feel anything from the guy. No. Just, I really don't. I he feel like it's just got a waste of space. Yeah. I feel like it's a waste of time, waste of space and a waste of spot on the roster at times. So Let's see how this carries out, right? Yeah, and we'll continue to monitor and see if, you know, post-All-Star break, if Beal is healthy or if he's not. If he's not Eric Gordon in there, it's not the worst option to have. Again, that's no. that's the beauty of having Eric Gordon on your team. Uh, and you're 100% right. You know, he got he had an alley-oop from Royce O'Neal tonight, which I thought was fantastic. <laughs> you know, yeah. but you, you take a look at this, this Kings team. And they they came out swinging. Uh, you got to give them props on that. I mean, it was a first half in which they they were running up and down the court on the Suns. They end the game with 26 fast break points to the Suns four. And that was really the story in that first half, because in, in the first half alone, uh, it was 18 to two. I mean, they were just getting out and running. And you're just like, we can't stop this team because they they just and it, this isn't because of the Suns were turning the ball over either. This is them just getting out and running. And it almost felt like they were taking turns beating the shit out of the Suns, right? Like Sabonis comes out and he has like 13 points in the first quarter. And then De'Aaron Fox is like, all right, tag, it's my turn. And then he starts to go crazy. Uh, and he ends with 17 points in the first half. And then 
Kevin Huerter is like, okay, my turn. He scores 10 points on four of four shooting in the first half. And then not to be outdone, Malik Monk goes six of nine from the field in the first quarter, or I'm sorry, in the first half and has 16 points. So at halftime, they've got 67 points. They're up by three to the Suns because thankfully, like you said, Eric Gordon scores 20 points out of nowhere for Phoenix. But it's got 17 points from Fox, 16 points from Monk, 19 points from Sabonis in the first half, and 10 points from Quarter. And this team is, you know, they, they have such great offensive firepower. And the question you had to ask yourself is, how's this Suns team going to stop them defensively? And they did. And the reason they did it is because small ball strikes again. Because Frank Vogel, about midway through that third quarter, goes, you know what? I'm pulling out Nurkic. I'm putting in Royce O'Neal. Okay, and, and Vogel said this in the pregame. He goes, Royce O'Neal will play about 50. He played 15 minutes in his first game. I'm trying to integrate him into the offense and defense. Should play about 16 minutes tonight. And no, Jamsters, I don't have a drop yet for Royce O'Neal, or I would play it right now. Uh, Royce O'Neal tonight, 30 minutes played, doubled up on what Frank Vogel said. Isn't the sexiest stat line, but it's a stuff stat line. Nine points on three of seven shooting, including two of five from beyond the arc, both of which came in the fourth quarter. Five assists, four rebounds, four steals, one block, zero turnovers. Royce O'Neal in his second game, and, and mind you, one of his three-pointers was almost a clincher at the end. It was under a minute left, huge possession, kicked out to him, confidently shoots it, something that you don't want a knobby can never do in his life. Confidently shoots it. Yeah. Um, yeah, I know. Uh, confidently shoots it. And has, from a defensive standpoint, was starting to, you, you're not locking up Darren Fox. The guy went for 40 tonight in 40 minutes, but he made it tough on him in the fourth quarter. The addition of Royce O'Neal has the potential to be a great game changer. This was a, was a great uh, game to, to display that tonight. Yeah, and he, whoa, that was a crack, dude. So I am a little sick, so a little extra cracky tonight. Cracky! Um, <laughs> <laughs> ah, let's rewind that one. So with O'Neal coming in today's game, 15 minutes was the limit, but he had 30. Obviously, things changed. 30 minutes, but he adjusted so well. Like, I was kind of worried about him getting a little tired, just like a little too much for him, you know, too early with the Suns, but it wasn't, man. He definitely hung in there. He hit some big threes, of course, tonight. But it was like you said, that small ball lineup, dude, with Durant, Booker, Royce, Allen, and Gordon. Yes. Like, even to end the second quarter, like, you didn't know what they were going to do. But it was that small ball lineup where they went on a 7-0 run and just, you know, tied the game then. Third quarter, looked like shit. Then that lineup comes back in, 8-0 run. It's just that's their sweet spot right now, you know what I mean? And when they ended the game with Nurk, I was a little worried. I was a little worried. I'm like, oh, shit, like, what are we going to do with Nurk, right? Because he's been – he had an okay game, but he was just getting run out of the gym at times, letting guys go by him in the paint. And he did a pretty good job there. But I don't know if that was just more of just the Kings sabotaging themselves, like with Fox turning the ball over, over and over again towards the end of the game. Because the way tonight reminded me of, like, anytime they go to a, to a commercial break with the Kings on the fast break, getting the layup and the Suns looking old and slow. I'm like, this kind of reminds me of like, and it's not the same thing, but it reminds me of like when the Suns back in like the early 2000s used to play the Lakers and we can never beat the fucking Lakers. But like all game long, it seemed like the Suns, like they would go on these runs, like, oh, we're going to win this game, right? We're up there. We're It's a tie game. We're up by like two or four. And then all of a sudden, like the Suns would just make those stupid plays that would kill them in the end. And then, of course, you had Shaq and Kobe on the other side. I'm not saying we had Shaq yeah. and Kobe, but we had the better players out there in Booker and KD to end it. So it's just like the Kings are just so close 
They need the extra guy. And I'm not saying the Suns didn't win this game, but I feel like the Kings just had their chance and had their foot on our throat in a playoff type of game, but just kind of gave it up. And I think the Suns running out that small ball lineup at times gets them back into the game and they have to find something else that will work to help them carry and kind of hold that lead and boost that lead up towards the end of the game and towards the end of the half. And see, that's where I'll disagree because the Suns, the the Kings have what it takes to win those games, but the Suns defense is what negated their ability to, to close out the game. There were great possessions in those final two minutes where the defense stepped up and had some big steals. And that's what the difference was. They were making the plays that the Suns of old, as you were mentioning, used to make where it's, it's a close game. We're up four. And then we turn the ball over two times in dumb fashion. And then they come down and they have the ability to, to have Kobe uh, hit a, clutch jumper and Shaq exploit the interior. The Suns were doing that tonight with Booker and KD in the final couple minutes. But on the other end, DeMontis Sabonis, he had a play where he just went right around Josh Akogi and dunked. And De'Aaron Fox went in there and he had a play, but he was blocked. And so the defense really dictated pace. And that's what, when we, when we have those conversations pre-trade deadline, and I, I did some polls out there on brightsideofthesun.com, and I was asking, hey, what do, what do you, as readers, what, what do you think we need? And it's interesting because if you, I asked the same question on like June 4th, right? It was right after the Suns had got boat raced by the Clippers. And the majority of readers, over 72%, said we need either a starting or backup point guard. We need playmaking on this team. When I asked this question again prior to the trade deadline, the number one response was defense and the number two response was rebounding. So the, the narrative has shifted around the Suns as to what they need. So you take a look at what James Jones did at the trade deadline. He gets rid of four of the seven players on our team who have a negative net rating, right? The only two players that are still remaining on our roster that had a negative net rating are Yudoka Azabuki, who's a two-way player, and I think it's Nasir Little. The other four guys are gone. You bring in Royce O'Neal, who is a defender, who's making $9 million, so he's a quality guy. You know, Price of value paid. He's, he's somebody who's earned a contract due to his 3 and D ability in this league. And you bring in David Roddy, who we've yet to see, but I bet you we see tomorrow, considering we're playing the Pistons, right? Uh, and then you go and you get Thaddeus Young, which I, I definitely want to talk about. So I think we'll, we should talk about at the back end of the, the podcast. But what has James Jones done? He's addressed the needs of the team, defense and rebounding. So you look at the final five minutes of this game, and it, it it's tight, right? I mean, it's it's a clutch time game, and the Suns pull it out, one, because of their elite shot making, because of Kevin Durant, because of Devin Booker, but because of the defensive hustle. Josh Akogi, a huge offensive rebound off of Devin Booker missed free throw, right? Uh, Royce O'Neal, one of his, you know, his, how many steals did he have in the fourth quarter? Let me look at that real quick, because he was fantastic throughout the game from a defensive standpoint. Fourth quarter, Royce O'Neal, two steals, you know, two steals in the fourth quarter, eight points in the fourth quarter from Royce O'Neal. This guy's with the team for, you know, this is second game. That's what changes the game. So I'll give the Kings credit because I think that they have an amazing offensive team. They truly do. But Royce O'Neal is somebody who's come in here. And I actually do, do you have anything to say on Royce O'Neal? Because I got I got a quote I want to run through. A quote from Royce. 
No, from, from from Nets fans, you know, uh, on Twitter and YouTube. So they're a Nets affiliate. Uh, they reached out to me. They asked about Kevin, uh, Kata Bates-Diop. We have a relationship. We talked to them last offseason when we got Kevin Durant. Uh, they were asking about the Twins. And I asked them for a scouting re- report on Royce O'Neal. They said, Royce is a hustling Swiss Army knife, 3 and D wing, who can adapt to most teams. Over his time in Brooklyn, he played one through five on both sides of the ball. Good at a lot of things, but a master of little. Uh, a fan of Jock Vaughn. Uh, a, a fan favorite and a Jock Vaughn favorite, Jock Vaughn being their head coach. Despite being only 6'4", his hustle and defense allows him to cover opposing teams' top options often. When the Nets played small, Royce did great on defense versus centers, much bigger than him. Versus the average five, he didn't need much help. Uh, but versus the Embiid's of the league, the Nets would often send help. On offense, his primary role was creating gravity for other players. Most of the field goal attempts are threes, which we, we've already noticed. When playing wing, his IQ allowed him to uh to know when to take a three-pointer due to his elite pump fake or swing it to the right player or place he would be part of the nets closing lineup often and hit several game-winning shots a right place at the right time kind of guy after kd trade last year uh, the nets were forced to put him in a backup point guard role his hands weren't good enough for the role but it was passable considering the situation they only had one point guard on the roster don't look at the numbers when judging him strengths high motor defensive ability Three-pointers, IQ, clutch, easily adapts to different roles. Weaknesses, low field goal percentage, only takes threes, doesn't have an elite skill. Skill. So, again, that's from Nets fans you know on Twitter. Go ahead and give them a, a, a sub and uh, on YouTube as well. And I think that perfectly encapsulates who he is, man. That He had a, a great game. Great game. Yeah, if, if you're De'Aaron Fox, though, and you have to close this game out, but I feel like the Kings had a chance to win it. You're telling me, like, guys like Kogi and O'Neal – are going to just put a halt to that. That's pretty fucking crazy. They did crazy. tonight. They did And what tonight. is crazy is Nurk defensively was dog shit. I feel like all game. But then in the fourth quarter, when he comes back in, he had like a shot deterrence, two deflections in the paint. It's like, wait, wait, is that the Suns defense or just the Kings just fucking shit up? And a little bit me, of both. On, on my side of things, I just think it was the Kings kind of just not – not handling the ball the right way, but I understand. Like I love the defense from Royce. I, I love the way that Kogi, and it's always like the extra plays, the extra tips and all that him and Kogi are going to bring. And the defense is there for sure. It's just from my side. I'm like, I'd always feel like Fox is that guy that can close these games out, but I guess just not tonight against because of Royce O'Neal. Right, well, it's because you're not used to it yet. And it's I'm also, not, maybe it, I'm not it, used to it. Yeah. Well, you're just not used to defense either. And that's what it was. It wasn't just Royce O'Neal. It was a Kogi. It was, it was the, switching of small ball to where DeMontis Sabonis is having his way where all of a sudden Nurk is there and he's got to adjust. So there's, there's a bunch of little things happening all at the same time. And on the other side of it, it's elite shot making. Yeah. Who the heck are you? Yeah, I'm Kevin Durant. You know who I am. I know who I am. Did anybody see a sniper? Did anybody see anything? I'm one of the best players that ever played a game. Did you watch it this time? Oh my god, dude! Well, every what I have to do though is every time you do a, I know shorts the drops, I have to like look at the notes and see what I'm gonna say and all that shit. <laughs> you have to say something beforehand because I'm never here. Gonna comes see it. the whole rest of the season. I will never see. It's what not it says even unless I go back and rewatch it. It's not even that big of a deal. But 28 points on 11 of 17 <laughs> shooting, 11 rebounds, four assists, a steal. Kevin Durant, two of five from beyond the arc. Uh, just elite shot making again tonight. And I think what allowed the Suns to stay in this game was Kevin Durant because the Suns were down early. You know, they they go up early by nine. Next thing you know, they're down by like 10. 
And every time the team needs a bucket, he hits, man. Single coverage, you cannot cover him. The Kings were playing tenacious defense tonight. They were attacking the ball, and they were forcing, especially like Devin Booker, who we'll talk about momentarily, they're forcing them off of their spots, making every shot tough, except for Kevin Durant, because he hits and makes those those tough shots. He's sick, bro. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Yeah, it's pretty amazing. And just ending the game, it was Katie, Katie, Royce, Katie, Booker, Booker. And then I don't even know what happened at that, but Booker missed free throw. And then uh, it was a bunch of mumble jumble. So what's going on in the last two minutes of a game? It's like an hour long. It's like, what is going on, dude? So many reviews. Um, but yeah, he was part of that comeback, obviously. Like you said, the elite shot making, you just have to make those shots to win this type of game. And he's going to be that guy. But um, starting the quarters, I feel like he did a really good job when he's coming in, beginning the quarters, especially in the fourth quarter. He um, makes a few shots. Um, he'll shot to tour. He'll do that. And he'll also grab some boards um, when they're playing the small ball. So that was really epic. From that was I'm going to say it's epic from Durant because I feel like the start of quarters are really rough for the season or for the yes. season. So to see him kind of just, you know, own it and be like, you know, I'll, no Bradley Beal here now to start the quarters with me. I got to be the man. So doing it all over the place. So congrats to the Suns and Suns fans of that. They have Kevin Durant on their team because it's pretty awesome. Congrats cool to thing. you, Suns fans. Congrats to us. Yeah, it was just, <laughs> you know, again, I just appreciate greatness. And like I said, he kept us afloat. And Like you said, the the beginning of quarters have been such a challenge for Phoenix this year, right? Such a challenge. Yeah. And that's, that's where we get into trouble. I mean, there's holes in the offense. There's people who aren't stepping up. And Kevin Durant just took it over tonight. And it was it was great to to see his elite shot making throughout the entire game. Like I said, 11 of 17 from the field, a guy who didn't have the greatest field goal percentage, especially at the beginning of the game. Big Dick Booker. So Booker in this game ends with 25 points and he's seven of 17 from the field. Uh, obviously not a great percentage, but you take a look at like the first half, for example, and Booker just cold as can be cold as one of seven from the field. Oh, of one from beyond the arc, five total points struggling out there, man, struggling in the second half. He goes six of 10, 20 points. He has 10 points in the fourth quarter, 10 points in the third quarter to help close out the Kings and hit some great shots great shots and i think that you tweeted out that it looked like you know the the, the first half of this game mm-hmm. it, it looked like uh he's somebody who had made a mistake and slept with his ex over the weekend or something right <laughs> dude that did not look yeah and it did not look like even the he had big shots something just seemed weird even when he did end up with the 25 points i'm like something looks really weird with him so my what what I think really what happened was, um, you know, there's there's leaks that Kendall's maybe back in the picture. Um, he, w- he was in the in her box at the Super Bowl. 
Yeah, I guess he was. I didn't even know that till right now. You just said that. Wow, that's crazy. So yeah, oh, what I, I thought you're you referencing that when no. you, you tweeted that out. So the whole breakup and stuff when that happened, that was a Mavs series where they just completely just you know game seven. You remember that? I think what happened there was, of course, I don't know if you listened to the Pod Jamsters back then, but basically they they just they had to take the final step, go to through the next door. Them, him, and Chris Paul with the Kardashians, but they decided not to. They saw some shit they didn't want to see. They're like, I'm not going to do this for the just to win a ring. Now Booker's like, fuck, man, like we really have to win a ring. So what happened? I feel like this game is there's some power sucked out of him, right? But he's gonna regrow. Basically, that was not Booker out there tonight. There is a different Booker growing somewhere else that's going to come out of the shadows. He's going to come back, finish out the season, sacrificing Beal for the season maybe. I just – that wasn't him out there. I don't know who that was, but I'll let you know when he's back because that was not him, dude. <laughs> this is some conspiracy shit here. <laughs> this is some – If some... I end up de- dead, it's not because I'm an idiot. It's because <laughs> – Okay, just let you guys know out there right now, right? London out there, like uh, Andrew Tate, right? They're gonna kill me or whatever. <laughs> I don't even know how to respond to that. Yeah, I don't know. Um, yeah, no yeah. Uh, it's like, wait, is this a weird Illuminati conspiracy? Yeah, potentially. Sure. You know, you want to win a ring in Phoenix? You gotta <laughs> you wanna, sacrifice. You gotta sacrifice Devin Booker to the Kardashians or some shit. Uh, but uh, maybe that was just first half book because he came out in the second half and he was elite, <laughs> man, six of ten. Yeah. 10 points in the third, 10 points in the fourth, closed out the game. Um, it was good to see him back, man. It was good to see him back. Uh, I just think it took him a half to shake off the fact that he was hanging out with the uh, Jen, uh, uh, Kendall Jenner or whatever at the Super Bowl. If that's what even happened, who knows, man? Maybe that was a conspiracy. Somebody somebody probably photoshopped that as well. Who who knows, man? What would you think of uh, our, our fuck shit up guy in this game? Hi, Barbie. Oh, hi, Alan. Oh, Grayson, Grayson Allen, our fuck shit up guy. Led the team with 39 minutes played. He was 7 of 10 from the field, 2 of 5 from beyond the arc. 19 points, 4 assists, 4 rebounds, 1 block. Had that one buzzer beater 3 that even he was laughing about. You know, when you have Bradley Beal go out and you have to adjust on the fly, the fact that you end up getting... (laughs) you know, 42 points out of Gordon and Allen is absolutely huge. Dude, it's fucking nuts. It is crazy. And I think if Gordon didn't go off, I think Allen would have had that 40. Starting off seven points, two assists in the first quarter. I mean, he was aggressive ending the first half. It was just awesome, man. I think he fills the role so well. If a big three goes out and it's mainly usually Beal, he steps right in. Like, there's not... There's not like uh, I don't I'm not I'm not worried really when Beal goes out anymore because we have him for backup so there's no like sense of urgency like oh my god what are we gonna do great uh, we have Grayson Allen and now Eric Gordon to fill in those shoes so I was very comfortable with him and of course he had the big steal in the last two minutes of the game he just sacrifices his body so much out there dude just to go for the ball for big steals when Fox is like you think he has it he's gonna go right past him with the ball nope he doesn't even have it with him when he gets to the rim so Grayson mm-hmm. Allen's just he's stepping up in all phases of the game and it's such a weird thing. Cause he's had such a big first half of the season. And then when you listen to TNT and they talk about how he's turned around his image, the way he carries himself, it's just, it's carried over from us to everybody else in the NBA, unless you're reading subreddit and they hate the shit and he's a dirty piece of shit. <laughs> but that one foul, that foul, when we're up by eight, I yeah. like the foul. And of course the free throws are missed um, by Fox. 
I yeah. like the foul because it seemed like Booker was going to come back in and it seemed like the, the Kings were going to go on a run. They're going to score that basket. So I liked it. But then we ended up giving up an, an 8-0 run to the Kings right after 12-0. that. So oh, maybe yeah, right it wasn't after, a yeah. good foul. Yeah, yeah. So maybe it wasn't a good foul. But I, I liked it because it was a hard foul, kind of like a message. But it wasn't as bad. I think he really thought the ball was going to be there because he can seem like, oh, shit, that's his head and <laughs> midair. And then they came down and luckily no one's hurt. But um, it just – he can still be that dirty player sometimes, but then he probably goes to confession. He's it's, it's okay now. <laughs> Bless me, Father, for I've sinned. I've slapped De'Aaron Fox in the head, <laughs> but then I tried to help him up. So only two Hail Marys <laughs> yeah. and our father. Uh, what I liked about Allen in this game is, like you said, he got started early, and I feel like it was the fact that Kevin Werder got in foul trouble early and stayed out on the court because that really got Grayson Allen going. Werder was guarding him, and so he attacked him, and knowing that. He, Kevin wasn't going to try to get his third foul, so he got a couple early layups in, and then that kind of opened up his game. This game was on TNT? It was, yeah. And you know why? Because I downloaded HBO to watch that stupid fucking new True Detective that's terrible. I haven't and watched I, one I, episode. Huh? I haven't watched you, one episode of that yet. Oh, so I tried to watch it, and then I just canceled my subscription, but I have it for a month, so I watched it through HBO. Oh, yeah. I, that's why it started at 8 o'clock. I was all, like, pissed off because I thought it started at 7, and then I sit down and like Wheel of Fortune's on because yeah, I'm watching it on Channel me. Three. <laughs> the way you were texting me, I'm like, "Oh, he probably thinks it starts at seven. Yeah, but like yeah. on on the bright side, I got two articles done for tomorrow, so it's like, oh, sick. I, so, so, I, so I sat there for an hour and I just typed. I was like, "Well, I might as well get this shit done." Uh, so it all worked out. Who was who was calling the game? It was Reggie. He does. And I'm not going to lie, the Doris Burke thing, I know she's ESPN and the Reggie thing is kind of overblown now because when you do the subreddit, everyone talks about Doris Burke. They do. Blowing everybody. Well, I'm in Reggie. Sorry, that yeah. sounded bad. But her and Reggie basically just going off with it about the other posting team superstar. But I was actually an okay Reggie Miller game, so I kind of liked it. So overall, even though you're hanging out on TNT, it was an okay. I click. Reggie says. Is it okay, Reggie? Yeah, says? yeah, right, it wasn't good. okay. Reggie says. Good, good. Uh, one thing I forgot to mention, Devin Booker moves into second all-time in yes. franchise history, scoring passes Alvin Adams. He now just trails Walter Davis, and he's got about, let's see if I can do some quick math, 15, 666, minus 13, 912, 1,700 points, almost almost 2,000 points to go for Devin Booker. He's going to do it. I mean, that's not even a question. Oh, yeah. It's not even a we question. We knew that four seasons ago. Yeah, we did. We're like, uh, we'll start building the statue right now, man. That's all we. That's all we did. Um, gosh, I'm all over the place right now. Katie, book. Oh, I wanted to get your thoughts on. Look up in the sky! It's a bird! It's a plane! It's. Bo, bo, motherfucker! Only two minutes played by Bol Bol, who. Didn't get a lot of playing time because he only played two minutes, uh, which brings me to trivia time. You know what time it is. Trivia time. What was the date the last time that Bull Bull hit a three-pointer? December 13th? No. When no. was it? January 3rd. Oh. Um, cause he came in, he shot a three and he was instantly yes. like out of the game. So what are your thoughts on the fact that bull bull 
didn't play tonight. I was happy. As soon as he came in, this is the first game where I'm like, get him out of here. All right, this game was about just speed, knowing what you're going to do, and the five out, whatever they've got going out there, passing the ball around, not settling for threes like that. As soon as that happened, like, get him out. Like, this is not the game for him. Uh, good size, but he's just not quick enough. He's not agile enough for this type of game, and he's not going to be spending a lot of his time in the paint, so there's no use for him, I feel like. Okay, at least you saw it the same way that I did. I'm like, there's certain matchups where he's going to excel. This is not one of them, man. This is a team that's no. going to, and they will attack the shit out of him. Uh, we know that. Moving forward, do you think that Bull will start to lose his minutes to Royce O'Neal or Thaddeus Young? Oh, probably Thaddeus. You think so? Yeah, I, I think so. And the whole Bull Bull run that I had in the office, out on the streets, the campaign I had going for him to be a starter. I think it's officially over. <laughs> it was worth it though. You put in the effort, yeah. you made the signs, you were marching up and down the street. Oh, yeah. You, you I, had a cowbell. I, I mean, had it nobody was really behind me. Was just, no, no one, no one me. was there. <laughs> no, no, was no, there. no one was there. Uh, speaking of Thaddeus young, obviously the Suns made a move today. They picked up Thaddeus young, somebody who we've been talking about for years as a son, like Eric Gordon and Thaddeus Young are now in the Phoenix Suns. It's this like 2017 me would be so happy right now. Uh, obviously, Th- Thaddeus, he's 35 years old. And if you look at his shooting numbers, they are abysmal, right? He's not somebody who, especially like this year, for example, um, he's 16.7% from beyond the arc, 41.7% from the free throw line. 62.1% from the field, you know, overall field goal percentage. He is an inside guy, right? But you take a look at his rebounding and defense. He rates in the 83rd percentile per basketball index in offensive rebounding per 75 possessions, which is good for an A minus rating in the league. And his deflections per 75 is in the 94th percentile. So he's somebody who the Suns are going to bring in and utilize in spurts in when they need to have some defensive uh, uh, lockdown moments and some rebounding, but don't expect him to be like Royce O'Neal hanging out on the three point line, just stroking threes. It ain't going to happen. Are, do you like this sign? Knowing that we have two roster spots yep. open, the Suns fill one of their roster spots with Roy, uh, with uh, sorry, uh, Thaddeus Young. Are, are you a fan of the signing? Yeah, I'm I'm a big fan, and I don't think it's going to be a whole lot. Um, I'm not going to. I don't think you're going to see a whole lot of minutes. But I think what you can see is maybe those minutes like that Nazir Little had tonight. I don't know Nazir was like on the perimeter for most of the game, but there's a lot of spots where Nazir was open in the in the paint, and he was set up for like a little mid range, and it didn't look good. Um, so I can see that Thaddeus will be in here. He'd be a guy that can cut at times, unexpectedly grab the board, plays bigger than his size. I know he's six eight already but he just seems like he can play bigger than his size. I think this season Mm -hmm. he's played like 90 plus percent at the center position. So that's already going to be fucking fantastic. Like there is a guy that Eubanks possibly. So I think he'll definitely replace Bobo minutes, but he also can dip into, I think Eubanks minutes too, just because I feel like he can bring that size. Eubanks really isn't doing much tonight. Eubanks did have a couple good passes. He was kind of the connector in certain spots, but still his hesitancy, his incompetence with the ball, you can see it on his face and on his body. You won't have that with Thad. I think Thad's a really good replacement for him too. It just depends how many minutes they want to throw at him. Yeah, and that's great analysis. And I think that you know these are the guys who are connectors through the minutes in the game, right? They're not going to open the game. They're not going to close the game. But for five minutes in the second, you're going to need some production from these guys. And 
he brings the size that we desire as well as a veteran presence that needs to exist on that bench, right? As I've stated before, the inexperience of the young prove-it players manifested itself this season with that inconsistent play. With young, you're not going to be gaining a postseason rotational player necessarily, but you're going to have a quality veteran who knows and understands what his role is, and when called upon, he'll confidently play. And I think that that's what the Suns need, and that's, you know, like I said earlier, they got rid of four of their their six net negative guys, you're bringing in a guy who's going to be a net positive for you because he's going to give you valuable minutes. So I think that uh, it, like we finally got a real power forward, Matthew, we did it. We got a power forward, you know, Everyone's center, so <laughs> oh. yeah, the power forward slash center. Kind of like the Nurk thing, like Nurk came here. We just needed the confident piece to play center to know what to do. And it's the same thing with that. I feel like, you know, it's not like Nurk's going to put up big numbers or anything like that, but He's not going to make mistakes. He's not going to like do too much. So if that yeah. is his place here. We just need him to feel the fill the role. Just need him to fill the yeah. role. Yeah. Uh, you were hanging out <laughs> in Sacktown to tonight, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, you poor thing. Let's do the subreddit stakeout. The Suns Jam Session subreddit stakeout. oh my god set hold on one second booker's like texting me and i just hold on right after the game he texts me and i'm just like whatever i saw you at the super bowl with kendall don't text me now bitch all right (laughs) so i was hanging it's it's gonna have a hard time getting used to this This is great i know like my like (laughs) bobby pins in my hair too <laughs> yeah that's great you you spent some time on your hairdo miss <laughs> valley girl yeah so anyways so i was hanging out in Sacktown. uh you're such a valley girl yeah so first comment was i'm out of breath from putting on my wig already so <laughs> oh my omg Saboner is a legit living legend i i agree that's that line that came up i was like holy shit <laughs> later in the game yeah just so just so everyone knows sabonis tonight 35 points 18 rebounds 12 assists 14 of 22 shooting i mean he just eviscerated the suns man that's why this was such a great win man because both like he goes for 35 De'Aaron fox goes for 40 right and it's like yeah. i said earlier Werder had 10 but he had them all the first half and monk had 16 in the first half he ended with 22 so like the sun shut down the ancillary players but bonus a boner and and quarter or i mean i'm sorry fox you you can't stop those guys man Ooh. yeah and totally they're talking about nurkic too out there oh yeah yeah they're just upset so nurkic is setting a fuck ton of illegal screens he's like set one illegal screen so far the rest have been moving and you know honestly i think he got away with a lot to start the game <laughs> so if you remember when we were when we would play Portland in the past, I used to always say that about Nurkic, dude. The guy is the king of the moving screen. It used to drive me nuts playing against Portland because I'm like, dude, all Nurkic does is moving strings. I guess I don't watch for it like I used to, and maybe I should start watching for it because he, <laughs> yeah. does. he does. No, he did it a lot tonight. Yeah. And there was a lot of ref talk, but I'm like, oh, it's so boring. I don't even want to go over it because it's like that all the time. They always talk about the refs and everything and just how they're not calling and blowing their whistles and stuff like that. So someone did say, one, two, three, lick rocks. I don't even know what that means, but... I just had to throw it in there. Uh, so, um, Grayson Allen. Oh, no. After that foul. Oh, Grayson no. Allen, dirty ass bitch. <laughs> Grayson Allen, dirty fucking Grayson Allen. 
and then yay more missed free throws good job so those are the three the two missed free throws from fox and this one really hurt my heart so eddie johnson is such a shitty hypocritical announcer are you kidding me that i can't believe that that's, I, that, that's pretty fucked up coming from the kings man that's where he made his bread and butter he's he used to be a king forever yeah and i just the saw kansas lost- city kings we lost a lot of watchers too. So maybe I got another wig because I don't think people know what I am over here. <laughs> maybe it's not so good anymore. Maybe it's a one one and done thing. No, it's great. It's I great. think Fox should stop wearing curries. He's always losing games wearing those shoes. Again tonight he did. And uh well, no beam. At least at least we didn't get blown out. And uh Go home and yeah, that's it. That's all I got. <laughs> the Suns Jam Session subreddit stakeout. <laughs> oh, well, I'm glad that the Valley Girl survived uh, being in Sacramento tonight. I mean, that's it, it's got to be tough. It's got to be tough, man. Yeah, it was gotta tough. Be, it's got to be tough. Gosh. Let's let's uh, let's hand out some hard. <laughs> Jam star of the game. All right, Jamsters, a reminder, subscribe, rate, review, hit the thumbs up button if you happen to be watching now or later and you're on the YouTube. Matthew, Jam star of the game. Who are you giving it out to? I'm giving it to KD. KD. Why? He was just all over the place. I think he came up in big moments in the game where the Suns didn't have anything, but he just worked his magic, man. I'm not even looking at the stat line. It's a great stat line, but big pockets in the game. I'm like, hell yeah, dude. Way to step up. Gotta love KD, man. Uh, I'm going to give it to Eric Gordon. I think that the way that he came out and kind of, I think, shocked us all uh, in the way that he executed, knowing that he got called upon early because of the injury to Bradley Beal, uh, paramount to the Phoenix Suns getting this win really carried the team through that first half. Like you said, only three points in the second half, but the three pointer came in the fourth quarter. So I think that it was a great performance by, by Eric Gordon. So looking forward, the hell did I do that? For? <laughs> looking forward to tomorrow. We play on Valentine's day. We're welcoming home our ex. Monty Williams comes to town with the Detroit Pistons, the worst team in the league, eight in 44, Matthew. What are your thoughts on this game? Um, I'm excited to get another win before the All-Star break, but I'm excited to see Monty back and how disappointed he is on the bench. <laughs> Someone <laughs> put like a picture of Mark Cuban where he's sitting there just frowning. He's like, that's Monty. Every time they show him on the bench watching this team play. Um, not much, honestly. It's a nice little, when you have a back-to-back, especially after a game like this, it's kind of nice to play a team like the Pistons. You uh, Do you remember Steven Silas? I do, yes. I okay, do. remember how he always looked sitting on the bench? Like, he wouldn't get up and stand and walk around. Uh, he would just sit in, on the bench, you know, for the Houston Rockets, their old head coach, and he would just sit oh, there just looking yeah. miserable all the time. Yeah, and that's he what, cried a few times, I think. Yeah, he was just sitting there just like, he, he wouldn't even get up. He's just like, dude, this team's fucking horrible. <laughs> I don't even know what to do anymore. Uh, and obviously, Houston has a new coach down there in, oh, who did they end up getting? Help me out here. Uh, the guy oh. from the Celtics. Um. Oh my gosh, I'm blanking, dude. Uh, Udoku. I think that's who it is. Uh, and it's interesting. Post All Star break, we go Mavs, and then we play the Rockets. 
We play the Lakers. Then we play the Rockets. Then we play the Rockets. So we get the Rockets in like three out of four games. It's really weird. Uh, that could be a nice little. Told run. you our schedule's not that hard. <laughs> yeah, right, right there. And then it's Oklahoma City, Denver, <laughs> Toronto, Boston, Cleveland, Boston, Charlotte, Milwaukee, Philly, <laughs> Atlanta, San Antonio, San Antonio, Denver, OKC, and that's the season. That's it. No, there's got to be more. Oh yeah, Dude, New Orleans. On man, that's yeah, almost I over. I know it's fucking goes by quick, man. Um, but yeah. Obviously, tomorrow, Pistons in town, a team that we should beat, but a team that you have to always be careful about, right? Like, we know this as Suns fans. Whenever a team that comes in that is, you know, quote, unquote, less talented, that's not because they're less talented. It's because there's a perception that they're not talented. And sometimes the Suns fall prey to that trap. Jalen Dearns, who I'm going to be watching out for, uh, their second-year center, who who's averaging like 14 points and 12 rebounds this season. He's averaging what we like to call an Aiton. And he owned Nurk in the first matchup. We, we beat this team, I think, 120 to 106 back on November 5th. And Nurkic had like six points and four rebounds, whereas Duran had 12 and 11. And Durant went for like 40-something points, and, and we beat him. I'd like to see an even scoring attack tomorrow. One thing that I'm afraid of when you play these kind of young teams is Booker can get into hero ball mode, and he'll, he'll keep shooting. And if he keeps bricking and this team gets out and runs, I mean, we almost saw it tonight. If Booker hadn't had a great second half, that's exactly what the narrative would have been tonight is Booker is going to keep shooting, which he should. Just like when Kevin Durant's in a slump, he's going to shoot himself out of it. Shoot or shoot, right? But sometimes you, you could have one of these games where Dem Booker's got like 40 points and he's going to continue to shoot because he wants 50. And, and in doing so, he's going to allow this team to get back. Uh, and yeah, somebody just said it's, it's uh, Lazy Squatch says in the chat, it's, a trap game, right? So you have to make sure that you're put, just playing like they did tonight, team basketball on both ends of the floor. You want to go into the all-star break, not losing to the fucking Pistons. Go in on a two-game winning streak, having beat Sacramento, having beat Detroit. Enjoy the week off unless you're Devin Booker and Kevin Durant, who's going to be at the all-star game, and come back ready to go because you play the Dallas Mavericks uh, a week from Thursday. So – Let's go get this yeah. dub. It's like uh, the rainy day on a Friday. You know, it's like the next week. I mean, you have like a three-day weekend and you're not doing your homework and shit. And you're like, oh, I'll do it later. I'll do it Monday night. It's like, no, just get it done now. Just get it over with. But you always wait till Monday night. They didn't wait till Monday night. Yeah. <laughs> Anything else you want to talk about before we get out of here? No, I think I'm good. I, I think I might buy another wig, though, for the okay. Valley Girl thing, dude. Yeah. So this might be... A time when I look back on my life, be like, wow, someone actually put in the comments, I think you found yourself. Let's see. You know, I'm pretty comfortable doing it. I kind of, you know, the RuPaul drag show. Who yeah. knows? You love One day show. you might be watching that. A couple seasons from now, I might be on there, dude. Sassy Lucy. Sassy Lucy. All right. Well, I'm excited we're about have to, that. We're, we're, we're going to we're, we're to have to change the name of the podcast. Like the Sun's Jazz Session podcast, <laughs> John and because you know for those of you who don't know, Jam stands for John and Matthew. <laughs> John and Sassy Lissy, it's Jazz, it's Jassel. It's gonna be, who knows? Really, really be uh, life, short life, a, a, a tough sell. Can I tell you just a quick story? Yeah, can't wait. All right, this is funny uh, and embarrassing. So yesterday I went and I got another epidural. Uh, for those of you, oh, yeah. you know, so I uh, I have some. I have a herniated disc in my lower back, my L5 S1, you know, I'm 41 and it pinches my sciatic nerve. So the left side of my 
like my left leg has just been hell for the past you know three four weeks uh did something to i, I think a lot of it's mental actually i'm listening to an audiobook on the mental effects and how they can manifest themselves physically oh my god thank you dude sorry You're- pause really quick that's my shit. I've always wanted to tell you that shit, but I didn't think you would actually hear that. So oh, dude, I, like I'm literally listening to a whole thing on it. It's called the mind body connection, I think is the name Hell of the, yeah, the, the, the book. And I completely oh. agree with it because it's anytime something stressful happens in my life, rather than being anxious about it, uh, like think about it. When did the, my back go out last time? It's when my dad died, right? Yes. You know, and then like uh, the next time it kind of went out, you know, th- this one went out. I just changed jobs, right? So there's a lot of little stressful things that rather than having the anxiety happen, your body says, Hey, I'm going to make, I'm going to physically manifest it as pain somewhere else. And the science behind it is that your body and your brain literally doesn't give that area enough oxygen in the cells. So it, it hurts more. Right. And there are some structural issues obviously as well, but that is, uh, it, it all ties together. But anyways, so I go yesterday and I go and I get an epidural shot. And in the past, you know, you got your, 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 your vertebrae like this up and down and they came in with a needle from the side. Uh, and they pump steroids in there. And I had three injections like that last year. Uh, and then what they did this time is they came from down here. So what they had to do essentially is they had to like, you know, I'm laying ass up on a, on a table and they have, and the guy's trying to find like the bottom of the <laughs> tailbone. He goes, you've got a really long tailbone. And the other guy in the room's like, <laughs> and a really long butt crack. <laughs> And then they spread my cheeks and shove a needle up the uh, up in between my <laughs> cheeks and pump steroids up my ass. Not in the hole. Not in the oh hole. Oh my god, dude! Those are the guys pumping shit into you. And they're playing. They're tough. they're playing LL Cool J. It was so great. It was great. It was so much oh better. Oh my than the, god! I guess so just much, like it was like, so much uh, better than the last guy. Get rid of the tension. Oh, dude. Okay, so it went good. Then that's cool. You're reading that stuff about it because I believe in a lot of that too. They're all kind of connected. So that's cool. Oh, 100 percent. Yeah, it's like that's what I listen to. And on the my plus drive with, to work. with Dave passing away, and then you know the new job, and then Brightside, and all that. Like it's a lot, man. It's so a it's lot a lot of stress. On your body. Yep, it's a lot of stress. And again, I don't let it affect me up here, but my unconscious, it's definitely in there, and it's physically hurting me. And it's like, yeah. You know, I don't know what to do. I haven't gotten to the part of the book where it gives me the solution right now. He's still talking about the problem. There's never a solution. It's just constant work. <laughs> Yay. You know what the solution is? Death. And on that then, note, Matthew, what can everybody go do? <laughs> go home, love your butt cracks. <laughs> credit card bill.